Praise God, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by, by the blood of Jesus, praise God, <clears throat> by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest. Over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with what? With pure water. And let us hold fast the profession of our faith for without... Without wavering, amen. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise, amen. amen. So we ought, to, we ought to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, because he that, because he that promise is faithful, amen. So to hold fast that profession, of course, we said that, the profession is a, is a faithful profession, right? It's the profession that fullness of faith brings you into, right? Or that word faithful means that there is this, the full assurance of faith. Praise God. So faithful it's more than maybe the way you use the word faithful. Are you, are you, maybe are you, are you faithful to your spouse? Are you faithful to, amen? means that, that word meaning you don't step out of line. Praise God. That, um, there's, there's that meaning there, but the, it's a more technical, it's a more spiritually technical phrase um, when they use the word faithful. Praise God. So faithful here means that there is a full assurance of faith. There is a full assurance of what? Of faith, praise the Lord. Say full assurance. There is a full assurance of faith. That's verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in, in full assurance of what? 
of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and, and our bodies washed with pure water. And then let us hold fast the profession of our faith without faith wavering because he who promised, he also is holding it in that way. He is also faithful. It means he also is, is the way he holds the profession is by the, he has the foundation of faithfulness, right? That's what actually gives him the platform or the enablement to hold his profession. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And so in verse 3 of Hebrews, chapter 3, sorry, of Hebrews, he said that we should consider him, right? That holy, said the holy brethren, that we should uh, partakers of the heavenly calling, um, we should consider the apostle and the high priest of our word, our profession, um, even, even Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him. Amen. Amen. So you see faithfulness. When you see faithfulness, it seems like they were just saying that he, just, he was diligent. But even though that is the, what that diligence was manifested but in terms of being very diligent with what God had committed to him, that manifested. But when you take that word, it connotes the, the power behind such faithfulness was actually faith. Praise God. So, so that word being faithful, to him that appointed him, he's talking about he had a power behind him by which he was able to handle the house which God gave unto him. Praise God. The same way that Moses was. Praise God. And then we began to see that this man was worthy of more glory than Moses. Right? Because he actually was able to go further than Moses did. Right? He, he, he went beyond just being faithful with the house, right? He actually went beyond that. He went into the apostleship and the word under the profession of actually the, of the, the, to handle the profession which the house was being built for, which, um, amen, he was able to, to fully come into and fully fulfill, praise God. Thank, thank you, Jesus. And, and then you, we now began to see that um, he coming into that place was, to that place of the profession was actually by some kind of power, right? A kind of power. We've seen that power in many ways. It's the book of Hebrews actually use different languages. Initially, we looked at it as um, he said that the law maketh high men, high priests, which had what? Infirmity. But what happened? But the, the word of oath did what? Maketh the son. Amen. Let's see that. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 7, 
verse 28, the last verse of Hebrews chapter 7. Praise God. It says that for the law maketh men high priests, which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, that was since the law, actually means before, maketh the son who is consecrated for what? Forever, who is consecrated forevermore. So this way, because of his consecration forever, that's by the power of that consecration, that's how he is able to consecrate also a way. Right? Hebrews chapter 10, that by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Praise the Lord. So uh, now here they are, they are speaking concerning the making of the high priest. That how was this high priest actually made? How, was the, how did they produce him? What was the, the power, the instrument behind his production? Praise the Lord. Remember that they say that he was made not after the law of a what? A carnal commandment. But after the war, the power of an endless life. Where is that place? What verse? Verse 16, praise God. So, um, verse 15, he says that, um, verse 14, he says, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses speak nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest who is made. So you're seeing that word made again, right? The same word used in verse 28, right? So this high priest is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after what? The, after the power of an endless life. So the actual, the, the process of the making of the priest, the process of the making of the priest, he made made, making of a priest, um, you can't, the making of a priest, of a high priest, sorry, not just a priest, because he is a high priest, the making of a priest begins with he, the, the development of the capacity of entrance inside the high priest. In other words, when you say a high priest is being made, you have to start from the point of his, his ability. Where, where does he begin to separate from the priests? You have to trace that level, trace that point. That at what point did he, in terms of his development, does his separation begin? Or actually, when you talk about the language of a high priest, it's not just separation. It is actually the consecration. That is the language of the high priest. Amen. Levites are separated. Then... Priests are further separated by sanctification. They are all instruments of separation. Praise the Lord. And then after you separated by sanctification, you bring another level of separation to make it further separation. Amen. Which is the instrument of what they call consecration. So, so, so you have to trace the beginning of consecration, which is at what point does the this, the priest begin to develop ability that's beyond the regular ability of a normal priest. And you now find out that 
the beginning of where they began to add things to upon Aaron that his sons do not have began from his equipment for entrance. Are you, do you understand that? Yeah. Now, there are many things that Aaron came into in terms of his knowledge, his, his ability to minister and all of that um, within the most holy, but there were things that were particular to his entrance, which they had to put upon him for him to begin. So that would tell you that the, the development of the capacity for entrance is part of the making of the high priest. Does that make sense? Right? It's actually the beginning, the part of the making of the high priest. It's the making of the high priest is the first thing as this high that you put on him. High means that he's higher. So when you say high priest, high priest is not a high man. A high man is a Levite, is a high man. Right? It's actually, it's actually higher than just a normal man. So the word high actually is for the, the, the tabernacle is confers height on men. Right? The, when you are separated into handling of a dimension of the tabernacle, it's actually the conferring of height. You know, because now the, the tabernacle was an, a, a, a level tabernacle. It was earthly. It was on the ground. But we actually know that the, the, the measure is actually... A, a, a pattern, a type of a, an actual tabernacle. And the actual tabernacle is in the levels of height. Amen. So when you measure a, a distance in the physical tabernacle, which is on the ground, what that pattern represents is an increase in height in the actual spiritual thing. So when you see separating, it sounds like a flat, horizontal movement, but in the actual sense, it's an elevation, it's, an, it's a heightening. Praise God. Do you see that? So, so that's where the word high comes from. That's why when they, so when you make a man higher, right, a Levite has been made higher than men, right? That process of taking from among men is actually a long process. He, when you see a high priest, he was, the high priest was first taken. Then he was taken again. And then he was taken again. So a high priest is a three times taking person. Do you agree? Do you agree? Amen. A high priest is a what? Three times. So it means so when you've taken you three times, there's nothing that, I mean you've lost all sense. You now see why Melchizedek they say of no he no longer no descent anymore. He has lost no in fact no beginning of days. No, I mean, all those things, what they are telling you, they are not saying that, that maybe when he was born, if you go and check the hospital and check the record, and then you won't see that someone, an angel, came and deleted his, his name from the register. No, that's not what they are saying. The record, they're talking about within him, inside. That the record of his own, if his, where he came from, by virtue of being taken and taken and taken, they have removed the record of where he came from. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's the journey of his soul, is to be taken. How many of you want to be taken? Are you, are you interested in being taken? <laughs> 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 Praise God. 
I know you're in, I didn't see your hand, but I know you're interested. I was re- I'm reading your face. Amen. The Lord will take us. I want to be taken. I don't know about you guys. I want God to take me. God to take me. Kai, what a privilege. What a privilege. Praise the Lord. So when they say they've taken him from among men, it's by series of high priests. It has been taken many times. Praise God. So, so, and so that word being taken is, is, the, is talking about height. Say height. Height. Say height. Oh, my high. God. Remember what the, the angel Gabriel said concerning him. When in the book of Luke, when he came to his mother and said that you will conceive and you will bear his son, he said you will call him Jesus. Then the next verse, he said, thou Jesus shall be great and then he will be called the son of the highest. So it means that greatness in the spirit is measured by height, right? It's height that determines greatness. How high is he? Is how great is he? Praise the Lord. So, so the, the son of the highest is the, is the highest, is the son that is born of, out of the highest realm. The highest place his soul can ascend into. That's where he's born from. He's actually, he's a, he's a man who is born from above. There's, a, there's an above birth. Praise God. You know, your, our first birth is not from above. It's from the ground, eh? Is the, the, the earth, they want to, the devil wants us to get born from beneath. But God is fighting and saying, no, we don't want them to get born from beneath. We don't want that, that kind of birth for, for men. We want you to be born from above. Amen. Like Jesus was telling to the Pharisees, he said, look, I am from above, you are from beneath. Why was he telling them there? Because you allowed yourself to be given birth to from beneath. You allowed yourself to be given birth to from where? From beneath. But I was, I'm the son of the world, of the highest realm. Praise the Lord. So the, this, the, the place of making, right? So when they say the high priest, so he's not just a high man. He's actually a man that became high, who became a Levite. They heightened him again. He became a priest. Then so... A high priest is a priest that was made high. Right? So a, a priest is a man that was taken from the priesthood and given height from priesthood. Praise God. It was, they, took, they, 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 they took the priesthood and heightened it. They heightened the priesthood. That's how they produce a word, a high priest. Praise God. So... So that the making of the high priest begins from where they begin to add to him on top of what things that a priest has. And so if you're calculating it based on that, praise God, then it now means that the making of the high priest includes the development for the way. So, the new and living way is actually a high priestly course. That is a way that just that a priest does not take, 
that when they are writing the curriculum of priesthood, they don't, they don't add that way in the curriculum of the learning of the priest. Do you understand? So, you know, God spoke things to Moses and told him to tell Aaron and his sons. But there are things that are for Aaron. And then there are things that are for his sons. There are things that Moses would have taught Aaron. And there are things that he would have taught Aaron's sons. Now, among the things that he taught the sons of Aaron will not include anything that has to do with the preparation for entrance into the most holy place. So, the preparation for entrance, the school of entrance, will fall under the curriculum of the high priestly school. Even though it doesn't actually, and they are not really matters of the work and the service in the most holy. It's the preparatory dimension or the preparatory curriculum for the high priesthood. Do you understand that? So, and then, so even now tell you that, okay, the way, they, what they used to make a high priest is the, here, let's read it again, <clears throat> verse 16. It says, for, verse 16, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. So, the power of an endless life, after the power of an endless life. Say the power, the power of an endless life. The power of an endless life. Now, in verse 28, they rendered it this way. The law maketh men high priests, which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the son, who is consecrated forever. So, it, very, it, very, it means that the word of oath, which makes the son, is equal to the what? The power of an endless life. Do you see that? Are you seeing that? So this means that the word of oath is the word of his power. Remember Hebrews chapter 1? Let's read it. Amen. For God at sundry times and in diverse manners spake. We're talking about now the speaking of God. Right? He, he spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, but had in this last day spoken unto us by his Son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, and by whom also he made the walls, who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and then upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Amen. Then being made so much better, you see, being made here again. So, when they are speaking concerning the word of his power, they're now introducing the concept of his making. These are not coincidences. You have seen, in fact, it says at the mouth of two witnesses, now we have seen more than two. We have seen them carrying the same language, the same conversation around the same things. Amen. Amen. 
So, so who, by whom he made the world, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the, on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Praise God. So, he is being, being made so much better, right, was according to the same power, right, or according to the same power by which he was made so much better than the angels. And it's also according to the same word by which that making came to be. Praise the Lord. So, and that word is what we call the what? The word of the oath. The word of the oath. The word of the oath. Amen. Amen. So, power is word. Power is word. Say power. Power is word. So the same way, when you say the power of God unto salvation, which is Christ, is also word. Paul actually called it a gospel in the book of Romans. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power. What what he called the power is the gospel, is the word. Right? So the, the, the power of God unto salvation, the power of God, the power for the realm of salvation, right, is actually a word. It's called the gospel of Christ, which is what we know as the word of righteousness. The word, say word of righteousness. The word of righteousness. The word of righteousness. Amen. The word of righteousness. The word of righteousness. The word of righteousness. Praise God. So... The, uh, the, when you say, say words, words, the words of development are, or when you call, you call the words of development, they are the words of, the words of equipment that comes out of God. They are in three dimensions. They are, they are three kinds of word. Three kinds. Of word, anything that doesn't fall into this category is nothing called. It's not word. There are three categories of word. There's first the word of faith. Then there's the word of righteousness, and the word of oath. Those are the three words that they are. Praise God. The word of faith. The word of righteousness. And then the word of oath. Amen. The word of faith is the word that can deliver faith without righteousness. Right. Is, is the word of faith alone. That's why it's called word of faith. Is the word of faith alone. Word of faith alone. It can make you, a person, have faith without righteousness. There is a faith that does not, that does not produce righteousness. 
right? So it's really so that faith without that doesn't produce righteousness. It's not. It's not the real. It's not really the real capacity of faith. It's child faith. It's actually even baby faith. It's not even child faith. It's very very. It's baby like when you see a little baby. A baby is not a person. A baby is just a baby. Right? Because when you begin to list out all the, the main thing that a person, when you say this is a man, a human being, when you say, what should they be able to do? The baby, just the baby, a baby, a baby is closer to, I, I was telling my friend recently that this, I see when you see a small baby, that will be more like a wild animal than a, than a person. And, Praise God. It's like a wild animal, right? Just a wild. The, a, a baby is closer to a, a cat than a person. Oh, you like? Of course, when I'm talking about their spirits, they are study, having, they having, let's take away the fact that they have spirits. Let's just look at them, how they behave, their soul and their body. Praise the Lord. They are, a lot of animals are smarter than them. But, but because of that, we not call them a human being. They are humans. But really, when it comes functionally, they are not really, really humans. They're just, it's the baby. So the babyhood of anything, even though it's that thing, but it's not that thing. Do you see that? So that's what faith is. There's the babyhood of faith. It's not really, really, really faith. It just has attributes of faith. Like the faith you have to believe God. Cast this mountain, be that move into the sea. That's not really, really faith. Really, it's not really faith. Amen. It's not really faith in terms of when God, God sits down and you ask God what is faith. And God will explain to you what faith is meant for, what is used for, what it's supposed to achieve. That one doesn't really do those things. But it has the, it is, has the same DNA as the actual operation. So it can grow. It can increase. Do you get what I'm saying? So, so the, there is first the word of faith, which is the word, which is faith alone without righteousness. Then by the time faith begins, a faith that can produce righteousness, which is real faith, praise God, it's that one is, it comes by then the word of righteousness. Praise God. Now, but then there is then, the righteousness that can reside in a soul, praise God, Hallelujah. but it does not reside there in an everlasting way. There's something called everlasting righteousness, according to the book of Daniel. Praise God, there's a bringing in of everlasting righteousness, which is a different dimension of righteousness, which is actually under the jurisdiction of another word. It's actually a higher word. Than the word of what? Amen. So it's very clear that the word of faith is the milk of the word. The word of righteousness is the meat of the word. And the word of oath is the strong meat of the word. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so this word of oath is what they used to make the word the high priest. Is what they used to make the high priest. Do you agree? Yes, sir. 
And then it's, also, it's the word that they want to use to make you. Amen. We already established it. Nobody should be denying this one now. Don't say, ah, it's, they made Jesus, what about so? No, we've already passed that. You know, we've established the idea of profession. That they call it our. So that one is already established. Amen. So you are sharing in the same professional as Jesus. Don't, don't be too humble. And, and then, you know, wow, that is high priest. That's him. Let me just be low here. No. It's, a, it's our profession. We are supposed to hold it. Say hold fast. Because he is faithful, I promise. So he, what he is also holding, the profession he is also holding, he has called you, come, let us do it together. Let's do this thing together. Let's, let's do this profession. Praise the Lord. So this profession is what you actually call the high calling of God. Right? You know, Christ is a, is a calling himself. But inside Christ... There's what you call the high calling of God in Christ. Do you agree with that? What, what verse is that? That was Paul when he was speaking about his casting, making... Um, when he said that he considered all those things to be done for the word excellency of the knowledge. Let's read that. <clears throat> Praise God. I love this. Let's just read this thing. Um, okay, let's not read the whole thing because of time. But verse 7, let's read verse 7. It says that, but Philippians 3 verse 7, but what things were gained to me, I, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God, by what? Faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, right? If by... Any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the what? The dead. And not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I also I am apprehended of Christ. There's some poor language right there for you to enjoy. Amen. So what he's saying is that, let's read that again, not as though I had already attained. I haven't attained yet. Either we're already perfect, I'm not perfect yet, but I follow after that. If I may apprehend. So there is that which for which I am apprehended of Christ. So that which for which I am apprehended of 
Christ is talking about when Christ, when a man is apprehended of Christ. Apprehended of Christ means he's talking about the taking. To apprehend means they took you. Actually, they took a man. And then they took a man and, and Christ has apprehended a man. Right? That is, the man has been, has been taken into Christ. When the man has been taken fully into Christ, that man has been apprehended of Christ. But he's not saying, but there is a purpose for which he, he was apprehended of Christ. So he's not saying that, so that I want to apprehend that thing, that reason for which I was apprehended of Christ. So Paul was sensitive of that. That was, that was the next taking. To be taken again after you have been taken by Christ. Do you see that? Is another apprehension. To be apprehended again. And this apprehension is only Christ that they can apprehend in this one. Praise God. Amen. So, so you see, so he said, verse 13, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and then reaching forth to those things which are before. Then I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ. So, you cannot attain the high calling of God in Christ if you've not yet attained Christ. Right? Because the high calling, say hi. Do you see that? Is the high calling of God. God's calling is a high calling that is resident inside Christ. That at first they call you to be Christ. When they are calling you to be Christ, you can't, you can't see the high calling of God. That high calling is only Christ's senses that can apprehend or discern or come into the appreciation of the high calling of God that is in Christ. There is a high calling of God that is in Christ. Another calling. So it's very clear that the high calling of God is the calling of the high priest. Because priests are Christ's. Priests are Christ. Praise God. So, out of the, in, from the realm of Christ, you can now bring a high calling into that realm. Only Christ can appreciate, can understand, can perceive. Christ is actually the equipment to perceive the high calling of God. That calling only appears in Christ, through Christ's lenses. Christ's understanding, Christ's knowledge, they can begin to bring the, that calling, praise the Lord, by the word of that word, of that calling. Amen. Amen. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 7. Amen. So we're we looking at the, the making, right? The making of the priest. So 
praise God. Now verse 20, they now made it clear that inasmuch as not without an oath was he made a priest, right? So what they're telling you here is that there is no, there is no aspect of his making that does not involve this oath, this word of an oath. So this word of an oath is what they use for this kind of job. So when you see the, the new and the living way, amen. amen. So we see that new and living way is the way that is consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his word, his flesh, and then having a high priest over the word house. So you see they are tying the way to the high priesthood. Right, that way. So, high priesthood actually, the matter of high priesthood begins from the way. And if a high priest is made by the word of oath, it means that the word of oath is the word of the way. That's what I want us to see. Now, the word of oath is, is mighty, it's actually eternal. The word of oath is actually eternal. The word of oath is the kind of word that God uses. It's actually an eternal word. But the word of oath has its degrees. The first cause of the word of oath is the word of the way into the holiest. It's for the preparation of the way into the holiest. That way, no other word can do it. Because it involves a consecration consecrated for us through the veil, which is to say his flesh. Do you see that? So that consecration, what is the meaning of consecration? Not English word, Bible. How they use the word consecrate. To consecrate means to put you into a place where you can't come back from. That's, that's just it. That's it. When you say it's consecrated, it's gone. Just forget it, it's gone. It is gone. That's the meaning of consecrated. Now you can sanctify a thing and it gets polluted again. You can separate a thing and it goes back to where it was separated from. You can then sanctify it. And after it's sanctified, it can go back to what it was sanctified from. Why? Because you don't, when in sanctification, they don't add the word ever in, in that realm of sanctification or separation. It doesn't include the, the term ever. Say ever. ever. You're, you're, now, you're getting the meaning of ever now. It's a, it's a highly loaded spiritual term that means a lot of things. Praise God. So, so that's why if, you're not, if you don't add ever to a thing, that thing can go back. It can go back if there's nothing. So you see ever, ever. Just be checking anything about the high priest. You see ever, everywhere. Ever, ever. So it means it's everlasting. The everlasting properties. Praise the Lord. So the ever factor is brought in by, it's only, in, it's only kept in the word of an of oath. Right? It's kept inside the word. That is the, that is the main ingredient of the word of oath. The, the way the main ingredient of the word of righteousness 
is what? Sanctification. Nothing can sanctify. Anything lower than that word cannot sanctify. You can see a, a Christian can, be, can go their whole life doing many, many things. Right? A Christian can go, but as they are living, they are working for God, they pray, they, they do evangelism, they win souls. But as they've been doing that for decades, they've been accumulating sins. They've been accumulating sins. Even though they've been doing all those many things, they've walked by faith to a degree, according to that level of the milk faith, they've prayed, they've done many things. But you will see that there have been sins accumulated because if a soul doesn't come to contact with the word of righteousness, any soul that doesn't come into that word of righteousness, it doesn't matter the zeal they have. Like Paul said, that I, this is my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel. Look, I, I, I can feel Israel because I, was, I am caught from their cloth. I know how the zeal for God burns in them because it burned in me. In the same way, even greater than the average person. So he could, he could identify with them. He said, my heart desire and prayer to, this God, for, to God for them is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, are going about toward establishing right. They were ignorant of the righteousness. Praise the Lord. So, it's very clear that a person who is ignorant of righteousness can never attain righteousness. No matter how much zeal, how much strength, how much effort that they put into it, it's not possible. It's not possible. See, that's the value of these things. When you really see this thing deeply, Kai, you will... It's this kind of sight that makes you understand why some people will put their life throw their life away for this world. Because when you, see, when you now look at everything, you summarize humanity, they now come into the church and summarize the church. You discover that there is no hope. There is, is that the way the church is, you know, you know when you come to this side, you know that this, the church will never be better than what it is right now without the word of righteousness. Think some people thought that maybe the church, well, let's just do more activity. Let's just do more program. Let's just have more crusades. Let's just have more ideas. Let's more engage the marketplace. Let's engage more young people. Let's, ah, they've been, the, the ideas have been coming and coming. And in fact, there's nothing you think of that hasn't been tried. You get what I'm, I'm saying? But you discover that the church will never be better than what it is today, except there is a breakthrough of the word of righteousness. Because only righteousness that can exalt. The Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation. The, the, now, the, when you say nation, it's not the worldly nation. That, those, when prophet is seeing nation, he's not seeing all those things. He's talking about, is the nation of God. What God would call a holy nation. That's what God is looking for. So that nation is in the church. After a while, you will now see all nations begin to flow into the church. Why? They feel like, look, we are not nations. This one we are doing here is just a fake something that we are doing. We, they will cite a real nation in the spirit. There will be a time that when the glory of righteousness, right? You see that? Because that's what will happen in Isaiah chapter 2, right? When the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above every other mountain and, and above every hill. 
And then all nations will begin to flow. And they say, come, let us go into the house of the God of Jacob. Where he will then teach us his ways and cause us. For out of Zion shall go forth what? the law. And what? Praise the Lord. So that bringing in of that exaltation is by righteousness. So nothing can go higher without the word of righteousness. So righteousness is the beginning of height. Are you seeing that? Righteousness is the beginning of what? Of height. So the first righteousness is the Levitical righteousness. Before you move into the priestly righteousness. Are you seeing that? So without anything like that, there's no elevation. You see, you understand that? Because that's the first height. So any Christian who is practicing anything below righteousness has no height in the spirit. You have no height in the spirit. You don't have level. You don't have level. You don't have status. They don't calculate level by how many souls you want. They don't calculate level by how much anointed you are. How many demons you can cast out. How many churches you built. Are those things bad? No, of course. They are, they are necessary. I'm not disdaining those things. I'm not putting those things down. I'm just telling you, put things in their place. Evangelism is evangelism. It has nothing to do with your soul. Right? Don't try and magnify evangelism more than what it is. Evangelism is not the point of the church. It's not the goal of the church. It's not the vision of the church. It's not the mandate of the church. Evangelism is what? Evangelism. That's what it is. Prayer is prayer. Fasting is fasting. Healing is healing. You get what I mean? So all those things can be done, but you haven't done the job. It's righteousness. That is the, 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 the goal, the purpose of the church for elevation. Praise the Lord. But that thing is coming. Amen. The flood of very soon, the flood of righteousness will flood the churches. It's, very, it's bound to happen. Do you know why it's bound to happen? It's because it's its destiny. He cannot escape his destiny. The church cannot escape his. No matter how hard they try. Praise God. No matter how hard they try. No matter what, how hard the devil goes. Jesus said it. He said, "Look, upon this rock I will build my church," and he said, "The gates of hell will not prevail." Now, I love the word he used, prevail. It doesn't mean they won't fight. It doesn't mean they won't try. It doesn't mean they won't attempt. They won't strategize. But he said they will not prevail. So prevailing means who will win at the end. So when you see churches missing the mark a little, don't worry. Just keep praying. Just keep trusting God. Don't just see the church. See the destiny of the church. See the glorious beauty of the church. Just know that whatever the devil is doing at that time is just for a short moment. That very soon you will see what? Elevation. That the prophecy will begin to, to happen. Amen. I love Isaiah 60. It says, Arise and shine for your light is come. That is a prophecy that will come to pass. Yeah. And I have a strong feeling that it will happen in our own lifetime. Yeah. That, that we are going to see it happen. In the name of Jesus. 
Amen. So, so you see that th this word of oath, right, that is then another height. That after there's been attainment of righteousness, right, that is not still enough because God cannot trust it. So God must bring something, right, with another element that is, which is the everlasting element, which is what we began to speak about you know, yesterday. We ended yesterday by defining what oath is. And what do we say is a meaning of an oath? I thought everybody would shout it. Some people don't know. Effie, what is... Praise God. What is an oath? What is the oath according to... Shout it now. <laughs> eh? Everlasting covenant. Be bold about it. Praise God. Yeah. Everlasting covenant, right? So an oath is an everlasting. So an oath is the covenant that you, you cannot walk back from. Mm -hmm. It's a covenant that you cannot walk back from. Now, in the realm of everlasting, now, change can happen in the everlasting realm. It doesn't mean there, is, there can't be change. No, change can happen. But the only change that can happen is death. That's, that's the law. Do you, do you agree with that? that? That's the only... So they have to make that assurance. It's a realm of, an, of a great assurance. Is a mighty assurance. God must have that assurance in place before he begins to open up himself. Amen. So the only change that, are, that can occur, that is permitted to occur, that's the power of the, of, of the everlasting realm. That the only change that can occur at that realm is death. That's the only change that can occur. And that's the meaning of what? That's the meaning of what? They were saying in Hebrews chapter when they say that because God could swore by no one greater, he swore by himself, right? That by two immutable things. Mm -hmm. That we may have a strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold. Praise the Lord. Now he said something earlier that the 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 that an oath for men is the end of all strife. Praise God. Now, I think I've described before how, what an oath is. Right? That was the, the, the way an oath back in the day. If two guys want to enter into an oath. No two people enter an oath by themselves. It doesn't, it's not an oath. Now, two people can enter, can enter an agreement by themselves, but they cannot enter an oath just by themselves. If it's only two of them involved, it's not an oath. It's an agreement. And one can grow, go away from it when he changes his mind and take a different course of action. Praise God. But an oath is different. You must bring a higher party, not just any party. You have to bring a party that can destroy both of you. That's the law of oath. You must, there must be a third party there. So, the, the, so an oath is an agreement that is bound with debt. Praise God. You see that. So that's why when God went to enter into an oath with Abraham, God was looking for somebody else. 
right? He didn't just go. Like, he knows the law of oath, right? So, then I said, because he could swear by no, he looked for who is greater than us to, to bind this oath, right? Then he found, okay, there's nobody there. You know, God is humble. What kind of language is that? <laughs> he wanted to come and act like men. Well, you know, Father, ah, there's nobody to, to do this thing. Well, okay, I can still get the job done because of my integrity. So because there was none greater, he could swear by no greater. Then he swore by himself that if I turn back, I will self-destruct, right? That is the bound by himself that I will have to self-destruct before I come out of this, this covenant, Praise the Lord. So that's why in the realm of everlasting life, when someone gets into that realm of everlasting life, now, now you now say, ah, but can someone come back out of there? Yes. But they cannot come back alive. That's it. It's not possible. Anybody who breaks the everlasting covenant don't waste time. Just go, just go and wait in lake. That's, that's where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's not possible to come out of the everlasting realm without being a lake material. So when, when you say someone who is a property of the lake of fire, he's a person who has gained the strength to break an everlasting covenant. Someone who can breaks an everlasting covenant. Nobody who breaks. That's why there's no conversion of going to preach to the devil. You can't, you can't preach to him. Because what he broke was an everlasting covenant. From within the veil, he came out. <laughs> and said he's not doing it again. <laughs> and he began to preach to other people that now it's not everybody who is in, who you find in lake or fire who maybe was once in the presence of God no it's not everybody. Because when the devil came out there, he came out with his own gospel. And he can preach that gospel to a point where he can also put the what? His own oath, his own everlasting nature inside of you. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing this thing? Are you seeing this thing? Are you seeing the difference between the realm of Christ and the realm of everlasting life? You're seeing what the difference is? So the, so the word of oath is a powerful word. It's a great word. That's why they must, before they bring men there, they must make them sure. They must bring them into a place of faithfulness. 
a lot must have been done to them. That's the purpose of the way. That, that way is actually... Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So you see, the, you see the meaning of the power of an endless life. Right? Verse 16, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the word, the power. And that word for this power of an endless life is what Romans refer to as the eternal power. Right? You know, in that word, there are two things. There's the eternal power and the Godhead. So the eternal power is the power of what? An endless what? Or an endless life. Praise God. So, crossing over. So, what I, I just want us to see and then round up tonight is the, the consecration for entrance. The consecration for what? Entrance. The consecration that, that parts the veil. The consecration that takes you through the veil. So it means without the word of oath, right, which is with the everlasting covenant, that way cannot be prepared or cannot be consecrated for, for us. Say oath. So it means it is what is within the veil that consecrates the way. It's the power residing inside that must consecrate, that must come and consecrate the way. Praise God. You see that thing called the veil? The veil. And then say consecrated through the veil. Right. So it's actually it's by a new and living way. So the way be through the veil is actually a way that 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 goes beyond the veil. Right? It goes beyond the veil. What does that mean? A way through the veil. Is actually the way that the veil carries or the veil is supposed to serve or the way you can put it is is actually the the way is the way of a life praise god now 
shift your, your thinking a little bit. When we say through the veil, don't just think about veil tearing. Like, I, I think I used the word before transcend. Transcend. What does that mean? I mean, it is the... You know, it's changing. It is, it is what is what is beyond. What is what beyond. So they put the veil as a standard. Right? Anything that must pass here must be higher than here. That's what that veil is meant for. The veil is not a bad thing that's repelling you, pushing you back. In a sense, you can say, yeah, it is, but really, what is it? It's a standard. It's that what must pass this realm must be something that is higher. Than, it is, must be something that conforms to the nature of the within. Something that conforms to what? The nature of the within that has been raised up to pass. Yes. So, you now see why they resolved the veil to his flesh. So, the flesh of Jesus is the standard of flesh. Right? Is the standard of flesh. Or the, is the flesh standard for an everlasting soul. Yeah. So, the everlasting life, right, is the kind of life that the flesh of Jesus is raised to carry or is raised to execute. So, now the thing about the veil is that when you are approaching the most holy, <laughs> When you're approaching the most holy, you see the veil, but you cannot see the life within the veil. Because the life within the veil is what the veil is veiling. So every person will first see the veil. They will not first see the life within the veil. So, when you're reading Jesus, who is teaching everlasting life? Who was teaching everlasting life when you were reading John? Who was teaching everlasting life in the book of John? Who was teaching everlasting life in the book of John? It was the veil that was teaching it. Do you agree? Do you agree? Mm-hmm. It was the veil I was teaching it. Do you agree? I wonder if you believe that. You believe that. Okay. <laughs> So you mean that man who was that physical man, that was the point of, of giving birth to him and giving him flesh. 
is to raise a flesh that can teach it. That was the purpose of raising the flesh. It's raise a flesh that can do what? Teach. Teach. That can bring the, teach the word of oath for preparation, for entrance. So, that, that's why he came and I said, okay, you see, this man now is the flesh. I'm the bread. Say, so I am the bread that cometh down from heaven. And then you must eat me. Praise the Lord. He said that you must do what? You, you have to eat. And he said, except you eat my flesh. Because my flesh will now make you eat my blood, drink my blood then you won't have this life in you. So, the flesh is the first manifestation. So, when a priest is a candidate to be made high and is preparing, gearing for entrance, what is he staring at? Veil. And the way they design, the way God told Solomon to design it is that when he is staring, imagine a priest in that in Solomon's temple about to enter. Right? Is the priest about to enter? And then he's staring. Where is he staring at? The veil. What is he staring at? He's staring at his, at a cherubic walk, which God instructed him to do on the veil. Right. So it means that from the holy place you can be seeing a cherub. So, are you getting what I'm saying? So, the walk on the, of the veil is the cherub you can see for preparation. For entrance. So, that veil is a minister. I mean, if you believe what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. Amen. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? Okay. Praise God. And so it's very clear that the ministry of the veil is to is to bring the word of oath for preparation for entrance. To bring the word of oath for preparation, the word of oath 
forward for entrance. Because entrance is according to that word. Praise God. There's something I want us to break into. is a sight that I believe God wants us to see. Is um, Think about it. When I think we, we came to a point of entrance of how after Moses left, then it was time for Israel to enter, to enter into the land which God has swore. Right, so you see the word swear, which I swear. Let's read that Joshua chapter. Joshua chapter 1. Praise God. If you're there, say amen. amen. See, it says that now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now arise and then go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, on that, unto the land that I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Praise God. And every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And verse 6, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the word land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. We we saw this, that we, I think from here we went to um, Ezekiel 36 and to bring a separation. And, and the separation that we saw was there's a difference between their own land, which it was so, so amen. So it means to so their own land did not involve swearing, right? He gave them their own land, but that wasn't enough. That wasn't what God wanted for them. But there was a land that involved an oath, a swearing, which is the land that God swore to their fathers, which God said, this is the, the land that is the land of an everlasting covenant that I want to bring you what I want to bring you into. Amen. Now. He says, verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, so that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Verse 8 now, he says, that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then for then thou shalt make thy way 
prosperous. And then thou shalt do what? Have good success. Amen. So he's saying here that in order for you to go over this Jordan and to access the land, you must not, you can't just go like that. You have to go, something must occur for you to go. Is that you must find a way to make your way prosperous. I mean, your way must prosper. It must be a prosperous way that will take you past the Jordan. Now, how will you make your way prosperous? Is that this book of the law shall not what, depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. And now, when he say not depart from thy mouth, what is he saying? Praise God. It's not the idea we had of confess it. I say it. Not, speaking it to things. No, 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 no. Amen. Amen. Mouth is to, there is, the purpose of mouth is to get it in. That was one of the main lessons. And the way me, I learned faith. When I began to graduate to the peak of the, the word of faith, it became less about things. It became more about skill of getting things inside of, into you. And that was where I, the, 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 there's, a, there's a teaching of confession. At first, you think confession is just about saying things. I claim I receive it. But you now discover later when you join in, in faith that that confession thing is deep. At first, when you just started, if you're a baby believer, you just say it, God will bring it. You, say, you think that's because you said it, God brought it. You know, later, you, see, you start saying it. Things are not coming that way. That began to happen. Then I, I began to go deeper into the faith message. Till I now found a preacher who God really anointed to teach how to get faith into your heart. How to get faith at that level into your heart. And he said the skill of faith in faith is by confession. It's not confessing to people. It is sitting down on, in your bed, in your room, with the word, and saying it. And saying it, and saying it, and saying it. And so I learned how to say scriptures. <laughs> because that was the Jewish, I guess that's probably how God led him to find that treasure. Because he went back to the Jewish tradition. So when the Jews say meditate, meditating is not, it's not thinking. No, that's not meditation to a Jew. Meditation to a Jew is the rest. That's why they memorize scripture. They memorize scripture so that whether they have the paper or not, they can be saying it. So a Jew can just sit down and be saying it and be reciting it and reciting it. You know, they now discover that, as, that by saying, even when you are saying, even when you are not paying attention, it can be entering. Yes. But if you want to just use think, thinking, you have, you have to be fighting every second. You are fighting and it still won't enter. <laughs> so that's the power of, of saying. That's how they meditate. You meditate by saying. 
So by, and so that's why I learned how to start memorizing scripture so that I have enough to be saying. So when I'm on the bus and um, on my bus ride to work, I'm back from work, and while I'm doing my job, I used to do a lot of manual jobs back then. As I'm walking with my hands, I'm saying with my mouth, and I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying. Praise the Lord. So meditation is, is saying. Mm-hmm. Meditation is what? Is saying, saying. When you, as you're saying it, it's entering into your heart. So that was the practice of meditation. So, so I just say that to clarify that this is not going to command things or say things. When it says it shall not depart from thy mouth, is that you must constantly get it inside yourself. Amen. That thou shalt meditate therein at night, and thou mayest observe to do what? To do according to all that is what? Is, writ, is what? Written, there, written therein. So that you may observe to do. So when you meditate and you say, by saying you can observe. Because when you say and say, you begin to see. So you're saying it, 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 you're saying it. Then you begin to see it from within. That you may observe all that is written. Then thou shalt make thy way prosper. So it means that making your way prosperous has to do what, with what dawns on you. Is the dawning of something that will, whoa. So it means that to, there was something that needed to dawn on him for how Israel should pass Jordan. There was something that needed to do what? To dawn on him for how what? For how Israel should pass what? Should pass Jordan. The wisdom. So God said that is when you meditate, keep meditating on this thing, then after a while, the way of passing it will dawn on you. So, are you seeing this point of, of here? The being before Jordan. That's the realm of preparation. That's the realm of preparation. That's the realm where you must receive information. It's a realm of ministering. In the book of Revelation, you see the seven churches. It's not all the churches that were that had passed that veil. There are some that have passed. There are some maybe that had not really passed that veil. There are some that they had to come out from the veil to come and still be dealing with them. But even though they had all entered the school of everlasting life, but for in some of them, the way, the new and living way was still being prepared in them. For some of them, they had probably used that way. They had gained access, and they were now in the profession. And they were still doing the profession, but they hadn't finished the profession yet. So that word of word, there are different places of ministry. Of what? Of the word of old. Praise God. Time has gone. Um, there's something that we need to get into, but I'm not, I don't see how that can happen tonight. Praise God. Um, but did we take something tonight? Are, are you sure? Are you sure? Praise God. So I, for me, I feel like what the Lord has communicated is 
to awaken us to maybe the kind of ministry, the separation of the kind of ministry that happens when they begin to speak to you about entrance into the most holy place. That is a ministry that has to do with the everlasting word. That that everlasting word must, the soul must have a place for that everlasting word to be prepared for entrance into the most holy. So Joshua, they had to bring Joshua into the school of entrance. That was the meditation of, of Joshua. And is a, is a meditation of devotion. It's day and night. You want to make your way prosperous. You must stand before that veil and be meditating on this word. For the way to open, for you to see it, for it, for, because you know that, that way was not made manifest. Is it? Praise, the, praise the Lord. So to, for the way to manifest, that's how you make the way prosperous is that it has to manifest, but it is by the, the feasting of that ministration that be before the veil, praise the Lord, and the receiving of that order of word by which they can begin that, the making, the, the high priestly making, is, it's by this process of this word, of this meditation, or of this ministration before the veil. Praise God. Is this okay? We blessed today. Are you sure? Do you feel you've taken something useful? Amen. Praise God. Let's just pray. Let's pray now. Let's pray for maybe. Let's pray. We can pray for two minutes, two three minutes. Just really. Connect, let your heart, your depth connect with the, the spiritual the spiritual blessing of this word and respond to it with your heart. Oh, 
Makadeli Kadio Sentarabasuri Liban Kuri Shampara Uskiriela Vosutarabata Emprandele Kekeke Mama Moskotande Zuzama Ose Sepazuzambra Shampa Uriere Bosco Kokori Gele Mutaya Embrenda Thank you. Shama ta 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 ta. Thank you, Jesus. Oh yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The Lord just told me to tell, to tell us that there's something that's been going on with this ministration. And there's been a lot of washing. Washing. Maybe things that we might not have been maybe focusing on directly, but... The word at this level cannot come without washing. That there's, this is, there's a release of waters, even the blood, flowing into depths, recesses of our conscience. That after this season, there are some things that you just notice are not there anymore. said I should let you know that this is your this is a season of serious blessing. That you see you see difficult challenges. I mean I mean soul challenges, heart challenges will just begin to break of their own accord just by by submitting to a higher conversation. Yes. The Lord said that I should let you know that that's going on. And it's, it's going to continue. And the, at this convention, this is going to be a convention of victories. The, the, the feeling you will have is, is victory that was brought to your doorstep. That you had no, you didn't know how it came, but just by hearkening. To the voice of God, to the high word of God. So shall it be unto us. Father, we thank you for tonight. We believe everything you have said. We open our heart and we receive it, and we are even hungry for more. Father, with thanksgiving, we are accepting you. In all of your desire and all of the way which you want to be manifest and you want to speak in this time, we receive you fully. Yes. Holy Spirit, use this word, take it, open it up, increase it, let it prosper, Amen. and let it flourish in our heart. Amen. Thank you, our Father. 
Lord, I'm releasing blessing. That this blessing will travel. It will travel deep. It will not be stopped. It won't come back as no word from you returns void without accomplishing the reason, the purpose for which it was sent. So shall it be even this word that goes forth from your mouth. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory tonight. Thank you for tonight, and we are believing you for tomorrow for an even greater visitation. Thank you, our Lord Jesus. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.